Hey everybody, welcome back to season three of HC Medium Talk. It feels a little strange to be here without my old buddy Cam, co-host. He's all grown up, off at college now. So Cam, if you're listening, which we know you're probably not, we wish you well. We're hoping to find a new co-host, Cam, not to replace you, but just a new co-host in the near future to start joining me in these conversations. Today's conversation, however, actually happened way back in April. We found out shortly before this conversation happened that the board had selected Dr. Eric Forsef to be the new head of school for Holland Christian Schools. And so before ever meeting him, I got to have a conversation with Dr. Forsef back in the spring. And let me just tell you, we are fortunate to have such an experienced, focused, God-honoring leader, especially in these crazy, unusual times. And I'm not just saying that because he's my new boss. Though if he decides to give me a massive raise after hearing this, that's up to him. So be it. A couple notes about the show today. This was just when we were experimenting using remote podcasting platforms to host these conversations during COVID. And unfortunately, the microphones got a little messed up. Good news is it's mostly on my end. So who wants to hear me anyway? You can hear Dr. Forseth for the most part just fine. Last thing, let me say it one more time. This was recorded in April. So when Dr. Forseth says something like, we'll be there in a few weeks, he is indeed currently in Holland. Remember, April. Hey, without further ado, let's get to the conversation. Dr. Forseth, welcome so much to the show and welcome to the Holland Christian community. We're so excited to have you as our new head of school. Brian, we're excited to have this in our future, in our near future, and looking forward to arriving soon. Hey, and since you're my new boss, I hope this conversation goes really well and I make a good impression. I've never been quite so nervous before. You'll do fine. You're doing great. (laughs) Hey, uh, sometimes we like to start the show with a rapid fire succession of questions just to see how you are thinking on your feet. So Sure, I'd be happy to do that. I'd be happy to do that. And you'll probably stump me. So give it a try. Hey, so you've got two seconds before there'll be a buzzer in the background. Okay. We'll see how you do. Sounds great. All right, here we go. What's your favorite book? Halftime by Bob Buford. He really talks about changing your life plans from success to significance. Ooh, favorite movie? Forrest Gump or Rain Man, kind of similar. Favorite word? Focus, but it's changing to fluid because everything's so fluid now. (laughs) Very true. That might be my new favorite word as well. (laughs) Favorite place? Oh, Netherlands. Like to go home where my mom's from, St. Anna Parochi, Netherlands. Ooh, how about favorite music genre? Oh, mix. Maybe Billy Joel, kind of soft rock, Amy Grant, gospel pop rock. Hey, you're getting this. You haven't you haven't missed a beat yet. How about favorite cartoon cat? Oh, I want to say Pepe Le Pew, but he's not even a cat, so I'll go with Garfield. <laughs> we'll, we'll let it slip. Favorite color? Blue, sky blue. Favorite hobby? Love the bike, bicycling. Favorite place you've ever lived? Uh, Idaho, uh, just because our kids were born there. Hopefully you'll be saying Holland, Michigan. Soon. I, I'm looking forward to it so much. How about favorite Hobbit from Lord of the Rings? An important question to me. You stumped me on that one. Oh, <laughs> I thought I'd stump you there at the end, but uh, you, you that did. was pretty, pretty good. I'd say. Yes. 
Dr. Forstaff, just to get to know you a little bit better, I'd love to hear a little bit about who you are and how you describe yourself, or maybe it'd be more fun to put it like this. Looking back over your life, mm-hmm. are there specific mm-hmm. themes that you'd say characterize your journey so far? Sure. I'll give you a couple themes. Uh, I would think theme one would be a peacemaker. I'm in the middle of seven children. That's supposed to be a peacemaker, right? Uh, I've, I've really consistently found myself in life trying to help people and organizations keep the peace. Uh, some might see this as shying away from conflict. I really don't. I see this more as working towards conflict management versus believing there is a magical conflict resolution for everything. A lot of people want everything to be resolved. That's not always possible. Mm, totally. I've worked in certain situations where people honestly think they can fix everything. I, that's just not my modus operandi. That just isn't realistic, but uh, I come, I've come to realize God is in control, and each day we can be agents of reconciliation by trying to keep peace. Hmm, very cool. Amen. Another theme I'd say is the journey is the destination, uh, focusing on the present. That's why we're just so excited about the new beginnings we're going to have at Holland Christian Schools. Uh, this really comes from a thoughts. Uh, I, I want to give credit where credit's due, where Frosty Westering wrote a book uh, called Make the Big Time Wherever You Are and enjoying the journey as a daily choice. I have to also give credit to Dick Cotty, who worked at Denver Christian Schools for 52 years. He, he's said this so often that the journey is the destination. It excites our family to meet new people in the Holland area. Plenty of people have inquired, why Holland Christian? I've responded by positively stating, it's a strong school system, amazing tradition, and the people there truly care about your children. One person recently shared a story on the teachers at Holland Christian Evenly. They said they mentioned their daughter was in a service day project that you sponsor. She came home and insisted on her family participating in service to less fortunate people in the community. The, full, the whole family said the care for their daughter in this situation impacted and transformed their whole family and it changed all their habits. So mm, that's very cool. It's another cool. theme. The last thing I'd share is investing in growing others. Uh, I'm, I'm called to help people develop and fully achieve their God-given potential. I'm passionate about that. And when you invest in people, you never go wrong. I thoroughly enjoy learning about people's strengths and their talents. Uh, when I look at people's potential, it's just exciting for me to see how God has gifted them and take it as a personal responsibility to help them grow. Grow through mentoring, grow through self-awareness of their gifts, grow with feedback and their observed talents and offer encouragement to invest in continuously improving and learning. So those are a couple of themes. Hopefully that's helpful. You know, I, I know one of the really important things for the search committee was to find someone to lead our organization who models a love for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to tell us a little bit about the backstory there? How, how did you personally decide that Jesus was worth following? You know, I was led to the Lord by a person who was taking care of my mother. Uh, my mother had multiple sclerosis during my growing up years, and she was an individual that was an amazing person who was making the most of her circumstance of being an unwed mother. My mother had led her to the Lord, and in turn, she led me to the Lord. Uh, pretty exciting, really. It was a humbling experience. She talked with me about John 3, 3, and just said straight up to me, unless you're born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You know, this was at the age of 12. Uh, Since that time, I've tried to live out the scripture verses shared by Paul. Do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me as prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel. By the power of God, he has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, 
but because of his own purpose and grace. So trying to live by that, uh, it's a striving, it's a goal. Sanctification is a process. Uh, no one's ever arrived that I know of. You know, th- there's something really beautiful about that, that it was someone who your mom led to, to the Lord that then led you to the Lord. And that's really neat. Yeah, that's the story of faithfulness. So your mom battled MS, you mentioned before, for 24 years. How, if I may ask, how did that shape you personally? Hmm. Thanks for asking. Now, this has ultimately shaped me into who I am today. The, the whole experience taught me to take my eyes off myself and my circumstances and our circumstances and focus on others. The response of my mother and father during unbelievable time of being overwhelmed with seven children and a mother in a health crisis really ultimately mm-hmm. shaped me and taught me more than anyone can imagine. In whatever circumstances we find ourselves, there's always someone who has a more challenging situation than yourself, is what I often say. But what we're called to do is be joyful joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Uh, Really, I could talk for hours about these life experiences. Uh, Someone with humor and serious times, uh, but it's really had a major impact on my life. Uh, It's it's shaped who I am today and, and still will shape me in the future. Who are a couple more of those people who've shaped you into who you are today? Yeah, I really want to give due credit where it is. My father, you know, he shaped me in amazing ways. He was a man of principle. Uh, my mother was very ill for 24 years. He lived out the wedding vows and amazing commitment and sickness and health. He was mm, steady. That's, am- that's amazing. Thank you. And, and that's where I learned that steady hand. He didn't overreact to a tremendous sense of humor, but somewhat quiet sense of humor in his tough situations. He was the shy one, and my mom was the gregarious one. So it was very, very important influence in my life, my dad was. Uh, Dick Cotty, uh, basketball coach and math teacher at Denver Christian Schools. He was by far one of my most influential people in my life. Uh, He was a beacon for Christian education. Taught at the same school, Denver Christian Schools, for those 52 years. Uh, Disciplined. He had high expectations. Really invested me and our whole family. But I'll never forget how he challenged me with guidance, encouragement, and accountability. To this day, we still communicate periodically about work, life, family. So that's the second one. Uh, third one I'd say is my wife, Kim. Every Everyone should have a person that tempers you. And she has been this temperance and done a good job with this. Uh, Kim shares with others, my job is to love Eric. It's God's job to shape him. Uh, kind of humbling to hear somebody say that. Coincidingly, my wife's prayer's life has been the most influential impact on me. She's a prayer warrior. Uh, hmm. and, if, and I'd say this, honestly, if you ever have a prayer request, she will gladly listen to your request and she'll commit the matter to the Lord with you. So don't don't be afraid to do that. Last influential person I'll probably cover uh, is LeBron Fairbanks. Uh, this gent was one of my supervisors. is a past president. Uh, he's now a retired president of uh, a 57 college system. He, he wrote a book that he shared with me. It was called Learning to Be Last. He was a descriptive boss, and he wasn't prescriptive. He wasn't controlling. He asked good questions, didn't try to overmanage you as an employee, wasn't really worried about having to be up front of people, uh, humble, capable, willing to let others lead. Uh, he, he mentored me in such good ways. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget it. So there's a couple. Oh, so cool. I love there's a theme of consistency and faithfulness and all those yeah. stories. So yeah. often, you know, I think today it's the trend to hop around from thing to thing to thing. And yet I've been learning personally just that consistently being being faithful, showing up, uh, 
is so important and it's how God works over time. Sometimes I want these big, you know, instant moments uh, where something powerful happens. And yet God's been training me to see so, so oftentimes that powerful thing he's doing is a marathon and, and he's inviting me to slow down and to be steady rather than this sprint I have in mind. That's an awesome illustration. You make me think of Noah when you mention that. Uh, I don't think Noah built the ark overnight. He was pretty faithful. So many, 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 many years to accomplish that. So that's uh, a great story that you're sharing. Thanks, Brian. Hey, thinking a little bit about school, I love, I teach Bible, and in the Gospels, Jesus is just constantly talking about the kingdom of God. Um, just curious, how would you de- describe the kingdom of God, and what does Christian education have to do with it? Hmm. I would define the kingdom of God as still unfolding. We are in the already, but not yet time period. Our responsibility is really to lean into the groanings that are happening now on the earth. Uh, We need to seek out together those cultural paths that need to be redirected in more God-honoring ways. It really reminds me of Kuiper's quote, and sometimes it's overused, I know, but there's not one square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry mine. We need to reclaim those areas for Jesus Christ. Uh, Christian education is a lifelong investment in educating our children in this covenant theology. This was first modeled to me when our family went to Denver Christian schools. I, I just won't soon forget that. We saw faithful people living out a covenant relationship with their children. We have the privilege of educating children to be culture shapers. That's, that's why we are here today. Included in this is the extension of the mission when I hear Holland Christian schools, equipping minds and nurturing hearts to transform the world for Jesus Christ. We are training our children in Christian education to transform the world for Jesus Christ. I just say humbly, may it be so at Holland Christian schools. Dr. Forsyth, coming from Dort, I love this question. What, is it, what does it mean to you? What is the word reformed? What are the particularities of the reformed tradition within the broader Christian family? Well, I often reference the three strands when I said, what does it mean to reform the three strands of reformed theology? The first strand is the pietistic biblical strand. Uh, Calvin said it best when he shared the importance of looking through the lens of Scripture. helps us realize how we should live out our lives and our calling. Uh, this involves recognizing God as sovereign, knowing who God is, and realizing who we are in relation to God. He is a creator, and we are the creation. I talk often about our family heritage. My mom came from the Rosendahl and the Hospers lineage. Henry Hospers was from Pella, Iowa. The people from Pella were known as pietists. So I I say this affectionately when talking about the pietistic strand. The second strand is the doctrinal strand. We're committed to the Heidelberg Catechism, where we recognize we are not our own, but we belong body and soul in life and death to our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. We understand the Belgic Confession, that God has provided two books of special and general revelation and the means by which we know God. The first book is a revelation of Scripture. The second book is a revelation of His creation. These books are complementary, and they further inform us about the Creator. So that's exciting to think about. Uh, The Canons of Dort highlights the premises of Reformed doctrine and strongly emphasizes the, the importance of the church, family, school, partnerships that we need to focus on in Christian education. Uh, The third strand, maybe sometimes talked about the most discussed strand, is the transformational strand, or sometimes referred to as a Kuyperian strand. We have the responsibility to be agents of redemption and reconciliation and allow God to work through us to redirect culture 
no more God-honoring way. Again, the mission of all in Christian schools emphasizes this, and that we have a responsibility to equip minds and nurture hearts to transform, again, to transform the world for Jesus Christ. We're all called to do that in our own unique ways. What is it, Dr. Forsyth, that you love about the Reformed tradition? What I've really learned to embrace over the years is we don't have to be separate from the world. We have the responsibility to live in and of the world, but not be of the world. You know, some would call this being countercultural. I would call it living out biblically what we're called to do and giving our neighbor a cup of cold water when we're called to do that. Exciting to think about the habits we develop as Christians and living out as commands when I think about this. The scripture that comes to mind when I think about this is, The simple believe anything, but the prudent give thoughts to their steps. We have a responsibility to give thoughts to our steps. Sure, we have a responsibility to disciple, shape hearts, just as importantly, but we have to be prudent in the steps we take. We have the opportunity to be reformed, but always think about reforming culture, to have it be redirected in a more God-honoring way. It's a big responsibility, but it's a really, really great opportunity. So you've been in a number of leadership roles through your life. What, what is it that makes you feel most alive as a leader? Hmm. This is a good question. When I'm walking alongside people, helping them achieve their full potential is what I get most excited about. It energizes me to interact with people when they're exploring how to grow in their personal gifting. To be able to do this, it takes time to decipher people's strengths, guide individuals in self-awareness, and then intentionally speak into their lives about those strengths. I often discourage people from overemphasizing their weaknesses, though, those items that are not in their gift set. Donald Clifton, a gentleman that developed the Gallup Strength Finder, became a personal friend. He highlighted it best when he said, helping people grow in their strengths includes a comparison that you can teach a rabbit to run faster. You can maybe teach a rabbit to swim, but you for sure can't teach a rabbit to fly. It's just next to impossible. So hmm. it's a privilege to help people to run faster in their personal giftedness is what I'd say. I love that quote. That's terrific. <laughs> so how about looking ahead? What are you looking most forward to in this new role as head of school mm-hmm. at Holland Christian? Yeah. Well, for sure, watching God work through faculty, staff, and the board on shaping the lives of our students. Uh, any, any ages from pre-K all the way through 12th grade, it's just exciting years for families. Uh, our whole family is excited to see children grow in their love of the Lord and watch them emerge in their learning skills at the same time. In turn, I'm very much looking forward to sharing the stories about these exciting years of emerging and love of the Lord and their learning with all the constituents of Holland Christian schools. What's one of the most important life-related things you've learned and, and how did you learn it? I would say one of the most important lessons I've learned is really trying to make a difference in attitude, mentoring, and graceful living, where we're all called to exemplify positive attitude and all called to mentor each other and be graceful about that and how to live out gracefully. I hope to share some of those principles with uh, the staff and faculty and administration and board of Holland Christian Schools and develop a graceful living covenant and something we all need to work at, but something that bears a lot of fruit when we can work well with each other gracefully. So how, how does it look like interacting with people with whom you, you maybe disagree or, and you've talked about before having multiple constituencies, how do you navigate when there can sometimes be conflict? Yeah, I, I would say this, and it's part of my most important life lesson is that it's important to keep perspective. Uh, 
the glasses we wear and the lens we look through is important. There's always going to be conflicting demands from multiple constituencies. I've learned from my mom's experience that we need to be sensitive to other people's experiences and circumstances. But focusing less on ourselves and more on others is one of the toughest challenges we need to take up each and every day. So uh, I'm used to being in those type of environments. Uh, we just have to work at it and keep perspective. Hey, Dr. Forseth, our time's running short here. I'm curious, as you're looking back at your time at Dort, are there any funny or meaningful stories that come to mind hmm. of students or, or coworkers? Oh, for sure. The, the best of times we had included Dort students uh, coming over for Sunday dinners. We would often have students over for dinner, and ironically, many of them end up getting married. Uh, <laughs> we just received a photo the other day of two students who first met at our home. So uh, it, it was humbling to receive that. And I just think uh, of those memories uh, very fondly. And uh, we'll miss the students, but I'm really excited to be with the families and students of uh, Holland Christian schools. I, I believe we can build those same type of relationships. Uh, how about any any life goals or bucket lists that you're thinking about? I, you're going to think this is uh, patronizing, but it's not. I, I hope to travel with Ray Vanderlaan to Israel or Egypt or Jordan or somewhere would be one I want to say. And don't tell them, oh, that, right, yeah, don't tell them yeah. that right away, okay? Uh, another life bucket <laughs> goal is... This is, Lord willing, a long time away, be an outfitter for bird hunting uh, or fishing expeditions. Uh, return to the Netherlands in the near future. That'd be fun to be with my family to do that. Uh, simply stated, though, be in the schools at Holland Christian Schools and watch children grow and learn. That's, that's a definite bucket list. And then you'll see me intently look into students' eyes and watch them and just, just marvel at God's wonder. They're, they're amazing blessing. Dr. Forsyth, I, I met my wife, Amanda, on a trip with Ray Vanderlaan years ago, <laughs> about 10 years ago now. So <laughs> That is funny. Uh, you'll have to tell me more details about that That was later. a great trip. <laughs> Dr. Forsyth, I'm so grateful for your time. We I can't tell you how excited we are, how, how much we're looking forward to getting to know you and having you lead us in the years ahead. So thank you so much for taking the time in the middle of this crazy coronavirus stuff to have a conversation. Well, thanks for having me, Mr. Russ, and God's blessings to uh, all the people at Holland Christian Schools. And we were just so much wishing we could be there sooner, but uh, we'll be there in a few weeks. God bless. Mm -hmm.